because maybe it's highly possible that you know because there was no YouTube at the time, where right. else could all these people go who love to do what we're doing now, right? Um, and I guess yeah, I, uh, ultimate. I mean, uh, at its most simplest, I guess advertising allowed you a uh, that was your day job. That's your um, it gave you a stable enough income, but at the, at the same time, it allowed you to scratch that itch of, of uh, yeah, exactly, telling stories, coming up with fantastic visuals. Uh, I mean, thinking about it now and, and, taking a, and uh, <laughs> following the flow of your conversation, before I joined Lego, I was working in, in the Macan World Group uh, system. So... In Macan, I was part of MRM, which is which is the digital discipline of Macan. Uh, and before MRM, I was part of Harrison Communications, which is the sister company of Macan. And if I think about the stuff I worked on in those, you know, and I worked there for 17 years, I did a um, I did a, a sci-fi commercial. I did a uh, what do you call this? A uh, live action bioman type commercial. I did a commercial with celebrity. There you go. I did a commercial. So you know, it's like, yeah, what kind of life would you be able to say from month to month? Suddenly, you're do you're solving another problem. You're creating a new, you know, thirty second uh, epic story. You know, epic story. So. Uh, especially if you're the type of person with a short attention span, then I guess advertising is kind of like a good place for you because, yeah, you'll never know, you know, uh, for better or worse, week on week, day by day, things will suddenly change. Right. Um, and I think um, it is, and I'm sure, and I got to meet some people also from our, from the TV networks, you know, from ABS-CBN, from GMA, and, and it felt like it was a similar type of lifestyle, although I think their life is more intense. <laughs> um, really, really. But, but there, I mean, it does prepare you to be more resilient, uh, to be able to bounce back. And, and again, you, you, know, or you don't have a choice, but you have, you know, it, it sometimes feel the joke was before, before reality shows, we were the reality shows where, you know, you have 24 hours to solve this problem or else, you know, we lose the business or we lose this account. You that's know, true. That's true. Problem. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of felt that way. Um, so there, there was a certain excitement. Of course, there was a high stress level as well. Um, but there, I guess that's why uh, some creative people or or. Like if you take a look at this, you know, small number of us are in or was in an advertising agency. I see. So there. Going by what you said earlier, you said that, you know, the intensity and then, you know, having all of these commercials that you did before. I want to jump back a little bit now going going towards where where you have made an impact in the community and into, you know, into the entire um geek fandom community sort of sort of, sort to of speak um, all right part of the things that i did while i was talking you uh, yes <laughs> was, yes was, was that uh, i i watch a couple of clip uh, clips on on youtube um you with your involvement in in the As aswang project uh the the, the youtube videos yes. that talked about the philippine mythology and i <laughs> yes. think that has something to do with the work that you've done with trese uh along yes. with, with kajo Baldissimo. so so why, why don't you tell us about that how did you get how did you get pulled in into these things man i mean i know this is someone somebody else's work talking about mythological beings and creatures and cryptozoology and all of that and then 
how did you get involved in that one project, man? Oh, it was just um, uh, Jordan Clark just reached out to me. Um, I <laughs> funny wow. that you now ask uh, that you ask about. I'm trying to remember the first time I got in touch with Jordan. Um, I do remember watching his documentary first in in YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think ever since he started his YouTube channel, I've um, I I think and, and Jordan can correct me on this. I kind of remember, you know, I would like leave comments. Uh, you know, of course, I I loved you know how he linked uh, the possibility that the legend of the Aswang might be related to a medical condition that people just didn't understand at the time, and it was a medical condition prevalent in Capis for that matter. Um, and then finally he set up, so that was called the Aswang Phenomenon when he started that documentary and uploaded it online. And then he finally started the, the, his website. Right. Um, and then I think, um, so yeah, we somehow got in touch with one another. I can't remember if it was him commenting on Trese or me commenting on his site. Uh, uh, but it eventually came to a point when there were times when he would upload something and then I ask him questions. And then I started to ask him questions offline. So I would be doing research for Trese. And then I would like ask him. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> so he became one of your source material. Yeah. <laughs> In yes. a way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I I had this uh, 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 quick discussion with this with, with Carl De Mesa, who uh, hmm. uh, wrote the um, a recent feature on Trese for Vice.com. But he said, isn't it funny that it had to take a Canadian to run, to come up with a website <laughs> about Philippine, you know, folklore and right, mythology. Right, right. And yeah, I was just saying, it's funny that sometimes it's the outsider that finds our stuff fascinating. And, and uh, you know, although I think that is changing, I think that is that says something that um, we don't seem to have you know, if, if Philippine history has an Ambeth Ocampo, who is the Philippine equivalent of Philippine folklore and mythology, right? You know, who's that, you know, that guy that's just, you know, constantly living and breathing and talking and preaching about Philippine mythology right. from a historical and academic and, you know, research perspective. And so far, I think it's Jordan Clark. <laughs> right, I, I know, and 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 that's one of the things that I noticed in the Aswang project is that when I when I did a little bit of dive into how this project came together, and I noticed that it's a very, a very foreign-led kind of project, which is which is not really sad, but it's kind of interesting to know that you know you're right. It takes it, it took a Canadian to <laughs> to look into a Filipino mythology and folklore because um, one of the things that struck me was that yeah. It's not, it's a very common thing everywhere you go. There's there are always stories about aswang kapres, tikbalangs, and all of that. And I went through my own reading of, of these things, not at a highly academic level, but I would know that there are no stories of aswang up north. And one of the funny things that I realized is that if you see an aswang, and this is purely literal, uh, 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 if you see an aswang somewhere in the north, you'd know he's Bisaya. <laughs> Because that's what they would say. That's what the, what that's what the people from from Ilocos would say. Ah, bisaya yan. Because <laughs> there are no Iloka, no aswangs, unless unless the sickness has gone and has infected a person. You know, and there's no manananggal Iloka, no. Um, and <laughs> you think about it. You know, I mean, that's a that's a great story. It, <laughs> it is. I mean. 
Um, uh, either, which which kind of connects, I guess, to like how the one of the theories on why we started to come up with the Aswang stories is I remember back in college we read this. Um, it was a paper for so. And I did not get a good grade, so don't quote me on this. But I remember they said the paper talked about how yeah, I didn't get a good grade there. I'm sure my professor, Rick, at least I remember my professor, Ricky Abad, who's a very uh, a great teacher. Um, you know, part of the, social, the paper said we have come up with these stories about the Asuang that lives outside of the barrio, that lives outside of the barangay, because it was a way to... It was a social control. It was a way to keep outsiders out. Right. So the, when you joke about, <laughs> you know, you know, ah, kung, kung aso ang yang galing, ano yan, bisaya yan, alam mo yan, that was actually, that's actually uh, the sentiment of, um, of, of people. Like, you know, don't trust the outsider. He might, he or she might be an aswang. Exactly. And the paper, the paper went as much to say it was also a control for, what do you call this? Uh, for husbands to not cheat on their wives, right? Because <laughs> because, <you laughs> because they'll say, right? Oh, the pretty lady outside of the barangay—that's an aswang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you might you, you're you're gonna get a different eating too. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hence the term, I guess, in aswang, right? So, exactly. Exactly. Um, and these things, you know, I, I really love reading about these things. As a matter of fact, I have a project with one of the guys that are oh, yes. one of the guys that are part of my team. Um, and and we we want to bring back the love for Filipino culture, for for Filipino literature, um, and the supernatural part of it. You know, there's just so many so many stories to tell, and the interesting part of of the history behind these stories. Um, another thing that I learned is that in all depictions of the Manananggal, right, that you would never see them flying flying through the woods, because. Apparently, and and I, I cannot cite the source of this book that I read. Apparently, um, apart from the 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 wingspan, uh, they're <laughs> well, um, uh, they're they're trying to avoid uh, uh, you know natural predation, which oh. which then come in the form of those who dwell in the trees, which can which can easily snag them from above. So in in any case. I'm thinking it's either I don't know maybe, maybe it's a capre or, or whatever I don't know but but whatever depiction of the Manananggal would be it's always seen flying above the forest they would never dwell in the forest they would always be in a house or in an abandoned warehouse where uh, where I don't know I see Magalona was there at some movie or whatever but yes. uh, and <laughs> but it's never in a forest you'd never see uh, a, a swang or Manananggal living in the forest it's always by the edge of the forest or outside of it which is very interesting makes sense makes sense yes, yes. <laughs> yes. yeah that just be sad it'll be like you're flying through the forest and like a wild cat or an alamid would suddenly jump from a tree and just eat you right and, yeah, you, and you have exposed okay. innards you're like you're like you're like a you're like a flying dish of tocino flying for everybody just get you yep yep that's that absolutely makes sense or like a, a monkey would suddenly attack you yep Yep, yep. You wouldn't want that, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> sense to me. Anyway, yeah. that, that's good. That's good. Now, now, since we're already talking about that, I have a question for you, though. I have a, I have a rhetorical question, um, and and this this came up in in some of the drinking sessions with the guys, um, <laughs> and it's dumb, I know. Um, let's say, let's say, a person gets plagued by 
amang kukulam and amang babarang. Okay. At the same time. Alright? Yes. So this person happens to have pissed off both of them at the same time. Right? Um... In in fr- from your in your opinion, who who whose magic would take over more? Um, you know, given given their skill sets, given their given their specialities and whatnot. Let's say, let's say that guy's me. All right, let's get. Oh no, you know what? <laughs> yeah, let's get that guy's me. And I'm a very obnoxious okay. guy. I pissed okay. off a kulam and a manggaga and at the same time. They decide to do their rituals at the exact same time, and it hits me at the same time. Okay. Which one would prevail? Wow. That's a good question. Um and just to throw and just to throw something out of, you know, just to throw a wild card in. Who would Trese come after first? Ooh. There you go. Nice question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> this would only come up when you're drunk, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you so about another one, but, you know, I want you to answer this first, but, you know. I don't know. Off off the top of my head, I would say, yes, who would have the, it would be the more seasoned one, the one that would have the more powerful magic. No, I, I'd say they're both equal. They're, All they're, right, if they're both equal? I, I just want to know, let's say from your opinion, um, what which magic would be more potent in this scenario where everything is equal, perfect scenario, they're both of equal skill, equal greatness, whatever. And I just happen to have obnoxiously pissed them off at the same time. Who would win? And who would Trese come after first? Ah, who would... Uh, I, would have, I, would, I would have two different answers for that. Okay. I would say that the... I, my guess is... And, and again, I haven't, I haven't really like... Uh, fully researched on the potency of the barang and the kulam, right? But I would say the kulam would strike. The barang would be the one that's most, uh, what do you call this? The barang's uh, effect on you would be the most obvious because it would involve the insects, right? Right, right. So you would see insects manifest on the body. So you know that you have been cursed by a mamba barang. So most probably, Tresi would then first assume it was a barang causing the attack and then she would find a way to track down the barang not knowing that the person was also under a kulam okay that but that sounds but, like a great story right now <laughs> i know right all right so 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 you're saying you're saying the kulam would hit first the kulam would put you under a spell put you you know put you ill and put you sick and all that yeah. but then but but then again it's more of an underlying sickness more of a more of a silent symptom so to speak yeah, so if yeah. you were to put it in a sickness let's say it's uh, it's 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 more like a a headache, whereas the barang yeah. would make you puke and, and all of that. So that's a more obvious thing a doctor would do. And, and Tresi would go yeah. after the barang first, not knowing the mangkukulam is still out there. That's pretty interesting. Huh? That's, a, that's a pretty interesting yeah. thing. Okay, okay.